Hello, Sonoma, and welcome back. You're listening to 91.3 KSVY. I have two fantastic guests today, Eric Jackson and Elizabeth Takeuchi Christ. It's going to be a fantastic program, and I can't wait to get started. Hello, Sonoma. As I mentioned, I'm here with Eric Jackson. You may know Eric as the Creative Programs Manager at the Community Center, where he's headed the program since 2018. But Eric has also made a name for himself on the stage, first on Broadway in Thoroughly Modern Millie, then on tours with Young Frankenstein, Book of Mormon, and Dreamgirls. With a BFA from University of Michigan and as part of Transcendence Theater for six years, he is a real Sonoma star. Eric, thanks for being with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. So, Eric, can you remember what's the first thing that drew you to the theater? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I can. Um, I was always a shy kid. Um, and I actually, I still feel like I am still shy to this day. People would never believe that. But uh, I found my strength through theater. And I remember the first moment of realizing the power of it was my first grade Christmas pageant. I was cast as the lead because I guess I was the only person who could carry a pitch. That's the only reason <laughs> I that, uh, of why they cast me. And I remember we had two shows on our performance day, one in the daytime for the, the school, you know, all the, the student body, if you will, and then that evening for the parents. And so like that first one is like a throwaway. It's almost like a dress rehearsal, make your mistakes now kind of thing. And I just remember I had one solo to sing and I started singing and I just noticed everyone that I knew in that student body in that school all just focused on me. And I wasn't scared of, of that fact. It actually, I was comforted by the fact that they weren't really looking at me. They were looking at this character I was playing. So I was safe. And yet I also remember even at that young age realizing how, I don't wanna say, powerful powerful is not the word but what a responsibility uh that position is and so i guess that kind of made me go there's something here wow and you just kept kept going to find out what that was a little bit yeah i'm i naturally i am a theatrical person at heart i love the magic of theater i love going to performances and being just like transported into another world through sets and costumes and dance and music and storytelling uh, and so it just all kind of like clicked. I had some talent. I appreciated all the, the possibilities that were there. And yeah, I just followed that path. <laughs> That's incredible. Tell us a little bit about uh, what about where you grew up, about uh, where that school was and everything like that. Absolutely. So that was in Westlake, Ohio. I'm a Midwesterner. Uh, I grew up in Ohio and Michigan. My parents moved around a lot. My dad worked for an oil company. So every few years, we'd have to get up and move. But it was always around the Great Lakes area. And it was always all the weather elements. He always got all four seasons really, really well. Uh, but uh, everyone, considering the fact that I am uh, a Black person, African-American, and I grew up in lots of white neighborhoods in the suburbs, um, I was welcomed, I was loved, I was supported. Everyone's very nice in the Midwest. And so that was just a, a, a beautiful, comforting place to grow up. Very idyllic, for sure. That's a great word to use. So <laughs> then, uh, speaking of idyllic, in some ways, how did you end up in, uh, in another, another beautiful place of Sonoma? Oh, that's the question, right? I'll never forget. The first time I came out was to perform for Transcendence. And I came out and I was mesmerized by the beauty in the vistas. And then I got to drink some wine. And uh, anyone who knows me loves knows I love food and wine. And so I was already like hooked there. You and came then, to the right place. <laughs> seriously. And then I got to meet the community at large and was just welcomed with open arms. And so any chance I could to come back, I was any chance I was given to come back, I did it because I was like, it's a done deal. I have to come back to Sonoma. And then um, I was offered a full-time job with the theater company. And I said, uh, duh, let's <laughs> do this. So that's what uh, brought me out here. And it was actually, it was at the right time in my career. I was kind of, I had pursued performing in New York City. I had done everything, checked off all the boxes, you know, I got to Broadway. I got to do off-Broadway. I got to do national tours and international tours. I got to play Carnegie Hall. So I was like, wow. all right, 
so now what, you know? And I was kind of done chasing after the next gig as you do when you're a performer. And this came up and I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for a change. Wow. Well, so, um, you know, we have this kind of idea of what Broadway is like, and I'm sure you, you spent a lot of time in that world. What are some of the big lessons that you think you can take from your experiences huh. on stage that you continue with you now in your current role? Oh, that's a great question. Um, a major lesson is that don't expect, it's kind of funny because I uh, just recently watched the Pixar movie Soul and it touches on this a little bit, but don't expect after you achieve your goal, whatever that goal is, uh, that life is suddenly going to just like change and everything's going to be perfect and you're satisfied and set for life. Uh, I consider goals as uh, growth points or stepping points as, as you evolve and grow, hopefully in your life and skill sets and stuff. Uh, because I got to Broadway and my first Broadway show, it was amazing to be there, but it was actually, I'm being quite honest with you. One of the most horrific experiences. In my life. <laughs> the curtain is pulled back. And it's just kind of like it, where, it, where I was as a performer, as a person, my insecurities were low. I, a lot of stuff happened, you know, not on stage per se for the audience to see, but like backstage and with other people. And it was just like, it was a low point in my life and career. And I was like, but this is supposed to be the pinnacle. And yeah. we, it was a lesson about not trying to um, find happiness from outside sources. And what an important lesson that is. Before the show, you mentioned a couple of your favorite tunes. And I think that uh, this is a good one. It is any moment from Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods. We'll be right back with Eric Jackson. First a witch, then a child, then a prince, then a moment who can live in the woods. And to get what you wish only just for a moment, these are dangerous woods. Let the moment go. Don't forget it for a moment more. Just remembering you've had an and when you're back to or makes the or mean more than it did before. Now I understand, and it's time to leave the woods. That's a beautiful song, Eric. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So it's Moments in the Woods, and it's after she... Oh my gosh! Wait, Francisco, do you realize? What? This ties in perfectly to my story. It's after she gets what she wants, and then she's sitting there questioning life. Oh my God, it's just, it's all coming together. She That's gets awesome. to be with the Prince Charming, even though she's supposed to be with the baker. She gets what she wants, she gets her dream, and then she goes, wait a minute, what was that? <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. You didn't even think about that, right? Mm -hmm. This is all true. This is always on repeat in my head. And it's a nice extension of, I thought Broadway would make me happy. And I kind of went through a little tailspin. Wow, but you ended up here and now you're doing some amazing things. Uh, you're the creative director at Sonoma Community Center. Mm -hmm. You are the director of Fiber Arts. Yes. So tell us, Eric, what are the Fiber Arts? I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, it's very, the thing is that phrase, that term is very vague. It's a blanket statement that can mean a lot of things, but basically instead of um, like fine arts or ceramic arts or things like that, uh, fiber arts are those things in which you work with obviously fiber related materials. So we're talking yarn and fabric and threads. So we go back and we include lots of um, traditional crafts such as stitching, uh, quilting, crocheting, knitting, sewing, all those wonderful things. But then it can also expand and include different ways of how you can fabricate those things like fabric dyeing and tie dye and all that great stuff. So it's a wide range and includes weaving and other fun stuff. Wow. There's a whole world of fiber arts out there. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's people are confused because you're like, uh, I don't know what that means. And that's okay mm -hmm. because it means a lot of great stuff. And so I get to be the head of that department here at the Sonoma Community Center and get to provide all of these 
fiber arts related uh, <laughs> offerings in our programming. And so cool that especially this year has been very challenging, but also rewarding because we've explored the virtual world, having our classes online, uh, which is great because we're allowed to now uh, extend our net and welcome in people who aren't just from Sonoma, which is great. But also we can bring in instructors and teachers who aren't just from local areas to be able to teach. So I have teachers from all over the country uh, virtually coming wow. in and offering classes. That's incredible. And you know, uh, last year you mentioned was challenging. And before the virtual world, you did something very physical, very um, non-virtual, what do we say? Analog, I suppose, <laughs> which was you brought together people from all around the county or around the city, and you had people make masks. And that's how I know you was from Sonoma Overnight Support. We were in desperate need of masks in March and April. And who came through the Sonoma Community Center? You donated 100, 200 masks, all made by the community. That was a marvelous effort. Thank you. Yes, it was us trying to meet a need. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful how our community can come together in, in dark and hard times. And a lot of people who were very skilled and are very skilled in the fiber arts were like, what can we do? And that was around the time when hospitals had that shortage of the PPE. And we were like, we can help protect all their N95s by giving them like the mass covering. And so it started out as an extension of that. Let us support our hospitals and um, you know medical providers. And then it was, everyone needs a mask. So a lot of people were like, I don't have a mask. Where do you get a mask from? Yeah, and how so, do you make a mask? What do we do? Yeah, as a service to the community at large, we're like, come, we have masks available. And also come get some fabric and help us make masks. And I don't know the actual, I think the number was, Oh, I was going to pull out a number, but I'd rather be well-informed as to make it up. But we had thousands and thousands of masks that we were able to donate to um, our local community as a result of that program that happened last year. Yeah, it was incredible. And as it should be, the Sonoma Community Center, right at the center of what's happening in Sonoma. Uh, speaking of what's happening right in the center of Sonoma, we have an exciting event coming up, which is the Trash Week. That's Tell right. us about that. Oh my goodness. Trash and Fashion Week is right on our heels. Um, if not, wait, so today is Tuesday, the 6th, but we've already jumped into it. Uh, we launched our week on Saturday with our Barbie exhibit. It's an online virtual exhibit of Barbie dolls that have been saved from landfills and given a new life using only recycled materials. So that challenge went out to the public. We had over... We have currently over 57 submissions. Uh, people can actually wow. go to our, our webpage, which is trashinfashionsonoma.org. And they can, uh, if you are local or visiting, you can make a reservation to see these Barbies in person in our mm. gallery. Or you can go to our YouTube channel, uh, Sonoma Community Center YouTube channel, and you can watch a nice free uh, virtual gallery tour of all of the dolls. They are also up for uh, silent auction to help fund fundraise for the center. So if you'd like a doll, you can bid on a doll and take one home as well. Be a doll and take one home. <laughs> I love that. Be a doll, take one home. So yeah, that kicked off the week. And uh, tonight starts our three night artist series talk. We have our three trash and judges who will be uh, with us this weekend. He'll be judging the Trash and Fashion Runway show. But before we get to that, I'll start with tonight. Uh, we'll have them start hosting their own artist talks. We can get to meet them. They'll also be uh, teaching you a nice recycled craft demonstration so you can make something at home. Uh, tonight is Marie Niemeyer, uh, who works for Recology locally. Mm. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday the 7th, is Deborah Rappaport, who is from New York City, nicknamed Deborah Debris. And on uh, Thursday the 8th, we have Machine Dazzle, a New York City costumer and artist, all around artist. These are all free to the public. Uh, they are at 6.30 and you can get the link on our webpage as well. And then of course, that leads us to Saturday. Saturday, April 10th, it's the runway show, it's back. Oh my goodness. And a lot of people are like, didn't we just have this in November? And I'm like, yes, we did. But now that's back, now that it's a new year, we are able to return all of our events back into the original positions 
Uh, last year we postponed it, you know, but this year it's back because April's also Earth Month. So this is our Earth Month event. And this year it is a live show broadcast from the Sonoma Community Center. Uh, people can buy tickets and be sent a link so they can watch it. And it's a one-time only viewing thing because it's only once we can get these designers and models together. And it is at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Wow. That sounds so exciting. What a cool event. Well, so we have that to look forward to uh, on Saturday at 4 p.m. And where can we find all this information? Is it trashinfashionsonoma.org? That is correct. Or you can just go to sonomacommunitycenter.org and click under events where you'll find Trash and Fashion Week. That is our one-stop shopping for all links, all registrations, all information, anything and everything you need to know will be on that one page. We have participants in the Barbie show as young as two and a half and going up to what? First wave of vaccine getters. And then <laughs> we have in the runway show, uh, I believe a nine-year-old up to, yeah, senior citizen. And so it's, it's ways for everyone to be able to showcase their art and let us see, uh, I guess, the world through their eyes and through new eyes, really. Turning trash into treasure is the phrase for this year. Turning trash into treasure. Well, Eric, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today, hearing about all your own journey and adventure and this amazing adventure that's going to be taking place at the community center. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Francisco, thank you for having me and best of luck with this awesome show. <laughs> thank you. You're listening to Hello Sonoma on 91.3 KSVY. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. April 5th, the beginning of the week, Monday, 2021. How you doing? We are your voice of the Valley of the Moon, KSVY 91.3 and .org, streaming live worldwide. And thank you for letting us be a part of your day. We've got a partly sunny day today, becoming more sunny as the day progresses. A high near 67 degrees. A calm wind becoming west, 5 to 9 miles per hour this afternoon. Could gust as high as 18. Mostly clear skies tonight, lots of stars, low dip into 39. And then warming up a little bit on Tuesday with lots of sunshine and the high near 70. Partly cloudy Tuesday night, low 40. Same thing on Wednesday with sunshine in the high near 69. Things are getting better. People are getting vaccinated and we'll be back definitely to a new normal. Looking forward to that, huh? Just wear your mask, be kind and be safe. Sonoma and welcome back. You're still listening to KSVY 91.3. What a pleasure to be with you. My name is Francisco. Our first guest was really fantastic and uh, now we're moving into the musical portion of our program. I'm excited for some of the tunes I'm playing. I'm going to add a little bit of classics. As a matter of fact, the very first song is going to be one of those songs, one of those songs that you recognize from the first couple of notes. So I'll challenge you to see if you can recognize it before I tell you the name and I'll tell you right after. But here it is, a very, very well-known song. Oh, 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 
recognize that song that was superstition by the amazing stevie wonder i mean there's no one quite like him i had the incredible fortune to see stevie perform live um stevie you know just my friend stevie stevie wonder perform live um it was christmas we were in la visiting a friend of ours and they just happened to have tickets to the stevie wonder concert at the staples center and we had seats up in the in the nosebleed section so i think i was about 12 or 13 when we were getting towards the end of the concert, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try and go down there and see how close I can get to the stage. So by the end, everybody was standing up, assigned seats were a thing of the past, so we just, um, I just walked down there, no one was really, everyone was dancing and having a great time. I got down, I heard the last song, it was wonderful, and as I turned around and come up the aisle, I noticed somebody that I recognized, and uh, if you've been watching The Office recently, which apparently everyone has, I haven't but it's a great show still and i saw daryl from the office just sitting there and i looked at him and he kind of looked at me and i just gave him a head nod and he also gave him a head nod and it was a great you know moment of acknowledgement where we just kind of saw each other as two human beings it was pretty cool and uh, so i got to see two famous people that day of the stevie wonder concert um next is a song that you probably won't know it's a song by javin who's a brazilian artist and it's called aquilion i think it has a similar kind of funk feel so let me know what you think. This is Aquelion by Java. Taxi, Zap. 
Aquele Um by Javan, who's a Brazilian artist from the 70s, still around today. Just a great, you know, funk tune, just really great vibes. Now we're going to fast forward into um, last year, 2020. 2020 has, was a crazy year for everybody, but uh, musically it was nice because I have some good friends who recommend good music. And one of those friends recommended this tune by this lady named Mayra Andrade, who has a very interesting story. She was born in Cuba to the son of a Cape Verdean diplomat. Cape Verde is a series of islands on the west northwestern coast of Africa. And so she's lived in Senegal, she's lived in Germany, she's lived in France, she's lived in Cape Verde. She has all these amazing influences. And you can tell in her music, she's a beautiful singer. And this next song is a song that really was just such a great influence um, over the past year. I just think it has a great vibe. It's called Afeto, and it's sung in the Criollo language of Cabo Verde, Cabo Verdeano. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy. It's called Afeto. Afeto by Mayra Andrade. I was mistaken a little bit earlier in saying that it was she was singing in Cabo Verdeano. She's actually just singing in Portuguese. A couple of other songs off the album she sings in that language. 
Um, and yeah, she lives in Paris now and is doing great, <laughs> making great music. And um, I think this, it just has a good, you know, it just has a good, a good vibe to it. Um, and uh, I, I've really enjoyed it. So thanks to Amanda who recommended it to me and to Jonah who's always listening, who is to my Andrade into great music. So that's fantastic. Um, I thought I'd end this musical section of the day with a another classic, another one that you should recognize right away, but I'll I'll tell you what it is to keep the mystery down. This one is a uh, a song that I feel is appropriate for every talk radio show because it's um it uh we're always trying to find something to talk about and so that's what this song is about. Here's something to talk about by Bonnie Raitt. this particular segment uh, you're listening to ksvy 91.3 that was something to talk about by bonnie Raitt, and we'll be right back on hello sonoma after a quick word from our sponsors programming for ksvy is brought to you in part by the tina Schoen group located at sotheby's international realty this health moment is brought to you in part by sonoma valley hospital awareness of the breath is the most popular point of focus among meditators worldwide with good reason. The breath is our most accessible point of contact with the power that gives us life. The same life energy animating every blade of grass, every flower, every creature, is animating you and I at this very moment, and is the soft, constant force driving every breath. Take a moment and sit comfortably. Close your eyes, relax, and fix your attention on the motion of your breath, perhaps focusing on the sound it makes or the rise and fall of the abdomen. Relax into the movement, allowing tensions and anxieties to unwind. However we conceive of the origins of the life within us, it is within us and all around us, constant, benign, and very powerful. Even a few minutes resting in the breath can be like coming home. Welcome back to Hello Sonoma. I'm here with Elizabeth Takeuchi Christ. Elizabeth, how are you? Hi, doing great. Excellent. Well, it's great having you on the show. 
Elizabeth is a food and wine expert originally from Chicago, but settled in the Bay Area where she's played various important roles, including bar consultant at the Ritz-Carlton in Lake Tahoe and wine director at the El Dorado Hotel and Kitchen. Most recently, she's the co-owner of the Starling Bar on Highway 12, where she helps cook brick oven pizzas and manage operations. Plus, she volunteers at Sonoma Overnight Support in her free time. Elizabeth, you've certainly been busy. What keeps you going these days? Um, well, keeping a small business going during COVID is, um, as everyone who is doing it or frequents one knows, uh, really a full-time plus job. Um, you know, I think there's been, uh, it's been basically a year of having to turn on a dime, um, reinvent the business, re-reinvent the business, figure out how to not hemorrhage money and um, sort of stay um, positive. <laughs> and uh, so that's occupied most of my mental space for the year. Um, additionally, you know, as you and I know each other from Sonoma Overnight Support, that was something that yep. I took on during the first weeks of the pandemic when everything was shut down. But I'm kind of one of those people who likes to commit to things for a while. So I'm still there, you know, more than a, a little more than a year later. And that actually occupies a fair amount of headspace as well. Yep. So you've always been interested in the culinary arts. Is that true? Yeah. What kind of drew you to them? Um, you know, I was always kind of a, you know, my first job, I'm from Chicago. My first job was um, at Baskin Robbins. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that that drew me into the culinary arts, but... <laughs> Um, I started working at a restaurant and when I was in Chicago, um, you know, this is in the eighties, the food scene was really taking off in California. And so I'm working at this sort of, uh, coffee house, uh, pizza place, uh, by the university of Chicago. And I'm reading magazines about Spago and Wolfgang Puck in California and the whole, uh, and Chez Panisse. And I just really became interested in the California food scene because that was sort of where all of the innovation was really happening. And so when I had my sell-by date in Chicago, um, I thought, okay, I'm going to time, time to change it up. I really wanted to move to California and ended up moving to Los Angeles and working in restaurants there. I ended up working at sort of the quintessential 80s um, California, Southern California restaurant. Um, and by that, I mean that, uh, it was every, every type of cuisine was represented, you know, on, on one dinner menu, you know, wow. there'd be like the Tex-Mex kind of dish. And then there'd be, you know, the, um, there'd be a couple Asian dishes and there'd be, you know, something, there'd be duck confit, you know, it was just like, you were allowed to kind of do anything on a menu. Um, so it was an era of a lot of experimentation, um, and that was really exciting to me. And so I started delving into um, food. I worked in the back of the house for a long time and then ended up doing a lot of caterings. And, you know, we'd be doing things like, you know, ahi wontons. I mean, all of these things that seem wow. really dated now, and they are. But at the time, we're, you know, nothing like that was really happening in Chicago. And so it was just very, very um, invigorating and really kind of started my love of food. Yeah, and what an exciting journey that can be. Um, so am I right in saying that you studied philosophy at Berkeley? Yes, I did. So he, we kind of missed that in your biography. What have you been uh, philosophizing about? Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, well, I'm always afraid that someone will ask me a question about Heidegger and I'll, I'll just freeze up. So, yeah, <laughs> I did. It was, um, it was actually always an interest of mine. I was really interested in ethics. Um, you know, I've always been interested in um, specifically animal rights, um, and human rights. And so ethics was just uh, a subject that I was always reading a lot about. And so it was kind of a dream, actually, um, to get accepted into the philosophy program at Cal. Um, and it was incredibly challenging. And as I got into my senior year and I was looking at taking the last classes that I was failing miserably at and I was completely broke. I'm like, I need to go get a restaurant job nice. <laughs> to, to pay for the rest of this year. And I dropped out and that was that, you know, the restaurant industry lured me back in. Wow. But, uh, so I'm a, I'm a philosophy dropout. <laughs> 
Well, have you been philosophizing about anything these days? Oh, endlessly. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, as much as my friends can stand, which is not much. <laughs> well, another part of your background that we didn't get to mention yet is uh, your last name, Takeuchi. Uh, how close are you to your Japanese heritage? Well, my dad, uh, my dad was the Japanese side. Um, he, uh, so he had, uh, unfortunately, um, I have one uncle left. Uh, my dad and his uh, sister and other brother passed away. Um, so my my aunt was actually probably the closest I came to sort of the Japanese side of the family because my dad was in some ways like a, he was a non-traditional Japanese guy. He'd gone through um, internment camp. My, that The whole family had gone wow. through internment camps. They grew up in Seattle. And so they were sent to Idaho. And my dad harbored a lot of bitterness and resentment. And part of that, I think, a large part of it was actually reserved for the Japanese, who he felt had been sort of, you know, were cowed. And, you know, it was a humiliating experience. What I came to realize was that it was incredibly humiliating for the Japanese who went through that. And he was always kind of angry about that. And he never really, you know, in my mind, he didn't really live his life like a Japanese man. He became editor of the Chicago Sometimes Sunday Magazine. You know, he's like, I mean, I didn't didn't even think of myself as Asian, really. I just kind of grew up in a diverse neighborhood in, in Chicago and didn't even wasn't even connected to that side of my family at all. And I think that was because he just really kind of in some ways rejected it. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting dichotomy. Um, but, um, I, you know, I kind of think about it now and I, you know, it's one of those things that's kind of like, you know, white privilege in some ways, I think, you know, especially now when there's all of this focus on anti-Asian sentiment, it's like, I feel like I sort of have this weird luxury of not having to think of myself as an Asian, which sounds horrible. Um, but I never, I, you know, it's like, like, I think like if you're white, you don't necessarily think of yourself as white. You don't have to think about it. Right. But that's kind of how I feel. It's like, I almost don't have to think about it. Now I'm kind of thinking about it. And I'm like, well, anti-Asian, does that apply to me? You know, of course it does, but it, it like I have to think about it in order to make it sink in. So it's weird, you know, it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's tough to kind of like identify your identity. If that makes sense. Yeah, like you have yeah. to, because you don't, ever, you never see yourself. <laughs> you only, right, only exactly. other people see you. Right, right. So I have to. It's like I have to see myself through other people's eyes. And now I think as I've gotten older too, I look less Asian. And so a lot of times people are like, "What? What? what? Why do you have a Japanese last name?" You know. <laughs> Like, I, you know. Might be because of my dad, who's Japanese. Yes. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, thank you for sharing that. I just want to take a moment to highlight some of the amazing music that you have of this Starling. Uh, here's a little tune by Sean Cascade, and he's one of your frequent artists. Let's take a listen. We'll be right back with Elizabeth Takeuchi Chris. That was a little taste of Cake Walk by Sean Cascade and one of the frequent artists at the Starling. Elizabeth, could you tell me a little bit about the Starling's philosophy and how you got started? Well, um, you know, when Fred and I were thinking about what kind of bar we wanted to open, and I should also mention we have another uh, amazing partner. His name is Anthony Lorino, and uh, he lives in San Francisco, and he's a uh, restaurant and hotel designer. So that's a really key part of the picture. Um, so when we were looking around for, for bars and looking at properties, um, we were really looking for something that was a neighborhood bar specifically. We didn't really want to have, you know, a slick kind of tourist spot. We really wanted something for the community, and that's what we felt Sonoma really lacked. And what I mean by that is that we wanted a place that wasn't just about, you know, 
doing shots and getting drunk or playing pool. It was really for locals. And I almost envisioned it like a coffee shop, except with really good cocktails, you know, a place that you could hang. Um, you know, I'm always happy when single people roll in there and open up their laptops. I'm like, this is perfect. You know, you, I want people to feel comfortable there. Um, and so that was really our concept, um, you know, just a great spot with really great music because we're all kind of music nerds and uh, just a really positive, good vibe. And, you know, none of the kind of posturing that tends to go on in, in some of the dive bars, you know, we just, we, we always say that, you know, we welcome everyone who is happy to be there. You know, if anyone's there and, and has an attitude, it's like, you know, this isn't your place. There are other places for that. But um, and consequently, you know, we get a really diverse clientele. Um, we get a lot of older people who really never go into bars. And I say that because um, because they're really they don't know how to order at a bar. <laughs> I say that lovingly yeah. that they don't understand that there's no table service or <laughs> or don't understand that it isn't a restaurant with a full kitchen. Um, but we're super happy that they feel comfortable there. So that's our big push is we want to make it comfortable for everyone. Anyone who walks in the door should feel like they're completely welcome to be there. And as long as they're happy being there, we're happy to serve them. Well, you have that and you have a couple of other great pulls. Like you said, your amazing cocktails, which you make in-house. You have your pizza oven, which is pretty awesome. And you also have the live music, which is incredible. Tell me about how you came up with the live music and who are the kinds of people who come through. Well, we um, thought that we would want to have live music. Um, the Old Blue Moon, which is the bar that we took over, um, they had a pretty robust live music uh, program and so we knew that people were into going out to music and that they um, had already cultivated an audience so we wanted to continue with that and the focus of our music program was to get as many acts that were new to the area or who were from outside the area because we felt like you know there's a very loyal music community in Sonoma that follow around a lot of these bands that play all over Sonoma. So those bands do well and have followings, but we also want to be able to bring in a little bit more diversity and get some other stuff. And we also then try and support local acts who we just love and feel are just very giving back to the community, um, like Sean Carscadden and his band, um, really well-known, fantastic musician, fantastic guy, um, three on a match with Joe Hershock. Both of those guys have weekly residencies with us, and we're happy to be able to support them. And we have tried to support them as much as possible through um, this COVID year, knowing that it's been so hard to, for musicians. You know, we wanted to figure out a way that we could make it happen for them and give them some weekly income. Um, so, you know, our music program is as diverse as we can possibly make it. Any Anytime we see anyone who we feel is good and who will really bring something unique to Sonoma, we really do our best to book them. Um, yeah. We had uh, um, really cool acts last year. We had a night uh, featuring Lavender Country. Um, this is the first... Um, uh, gay country artist. Um, he started out, I believe, in the very early 70s uh, doing country music. Wow. And uh, so we had this whole night kind of celebrating him with other um, LGBTQ country acts opening up. And it was just this really cool, great vibe. Um, you know, we've had like... Um, Latvian singers, we've had um, Brazilian singers, um, just, uh, and we're really looking forward to this act that we had scheduled last year, obviously had to cancel because they were going to be in April of 2020, but we're going to reschedule them as soon as possible, and it's this really uh, incredible uh, Latinx band. Um, I believe they're from Seattle, but anyway, we're trying to get them back on the books. Um, I think it's a seven piece band. So, 
whatever we can do, the biggest bands possible, um, the coolest music, you know, we're just hoping to develop our audience and let them trust us that when we book something, that it's going to be good. You know, there's really going to be something there of substance, regardless of whether it's a genre they're interested in. We're hoping that they'll follow us along on, on the journey of discovering new music. Wow. Well, uh, Elizabeth, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and hearing a little bit more about your journey here to Sonoma and what you've done already to get so involved in the community. Um, people can find you at the Starling Bar Thursday through Sunday. Is that true? Yeah, we're open Monday nights, too, and our incredible bartender, Sarah, is at the helm on Mondays, and we call that our industry night. We always encourage people from the industry uh, to come in. We've got little specials for them, uh, since it's been hard for them as well, a very difficult and challenging few years to be in the hospitality industry. Um, so, yeah, we love our hospitality people and try and take care of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for doing that. And thank you for all the goodness you, you share in our valley. And it's uh, been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, Francisco. And it's been great working with you. Well, that concludes our third episode of Hello, Sonoma. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you next week at 4 p.m. on Tuesday. You can listen live on ksvy.org or at franciscokilgore.com slash Hello, Sonoma, where you'll be able to find recordings of all the previous shows. Thanks so much and see you next week.